ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so uh, yesterday we did the first lesson in بلوغ المرام and we spoke about the first hadith the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said concerning the water of the sea and the oceans, that the water of the oceans and the seas, it is pure. You can make your purification with it. The wudu, the ghusl, the other types of things that you require the water for purification, then the water of the sea and the ocean can be used. And similarly, the animals of the oceans and the seas, the animals that live exclusively and only in the oceans and the seas, and they are also permissible to eat. That was the hadith we spoke about yesterday, the hadith of Abu Hurairah, radiyallahu anhu. And now to move on, the next section, the next hadith we have, is the hadith, عن أبي سعيد الخدري radiyallahu anhu, قال, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم, إن الماء طهور لا ينجسه شيء. أخرجه الثلاثة وصححه أحمد. Then we also have the next hadith after that. عن أبي أمامة الباهلي رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إن الماء لا ينجسه شيء إلا ما غلب على ريحه وطعمه ولونه. أخرجه ابن ماجه وضعفه أبو حاتم. وللبيهقي الماء طهور إلا إن تغير ريحه أو طعمه أو لونه بنجاسة تحدث فيه. أنا عن عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا بلغ الماء قلتين لم يحمل الخبث وفي لف لم ينجس. أخرجه الأربعة وصححه ابن خزيمة والحاكم وابن حبان. So we have these four ahadith now. All of them very short. All of them just a few words each. In these four hadith now, the first one where the Prophet said, إن الماء طهور لا ينجسه شيء. That water, it is pure and nothing can impurify it. Water is pure and nothing can impurify it. Then in the hadith of Abi Umama al-Bahili, الله عنه, the Prophet said, that indeed, إِنَّ الْمَاءَ لَا يُنَجِّسُهُ شَيْءٍ Indeed, water, nothing can impurify it, إِلَّا مَا غَلَبَ عَلَى رِيحِهِ وَطَعْمِهِ وَلَوْنِهِ Except, if something overcomes its smell or taste or color. Nothing can impurify water, except if something overcomes its smell or taste or color. And in the narration of Al-Bayhaqi, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he said, الْمَاءُ طَهُورٌ إِلَّا إِن تَغَيَّرَ رِيحُهُ أَوْ طَعْمُهُ أَوْ لَوْنُهُ بِنَجَاسَةٍ تَحْدُضُ فِيهِ That water is pure and purifying, except if its color, or rather, except if its smell or its taste, or its color, 
changes because of some impurity that befalls it. Changes because of some impurity that falls into it or mixes in with it. And the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma, the Prophet said, إِذَا بَلَغَ الْمَاءُ قُلَّتَيْنِ لَمْ يَحْمِلِ الْخَبَثِ وَفِي لَفْضِ لَمْ يَنْجُسْ That if water reaches قُلَّتَيْنِ A certain quantity that we're going to explain in a moment. If water reaches that quantity, then it cannot carry impurity. It cannot become impure. So these ahadith now, we're going to explain them from the explanation of Shaykh Saleh al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah Ta'ala as the basis. These ahadith, they speak about the type of water that is permissible to use and the type of water that is not permissible to use. So in the first hadith, the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri. And who was Abu Sa'id al-Khudri? Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, he was Sa'ad ibn Malik ibn Sinan al-Ansari. Sa'ad ibn Malik ibn Sinan al-Ansari al-Khudri. Nisbatan ila khudra wa ila khudra hayyin min al-Ansar. And he was associated to the tribe of Khudra. And his name was Sa'ad ibn Malik ibn Sinan. And he was a great companion. He narrates in this narration that the Prophet said that indeed water, it is pure and purifying. That it cannot become impure. It cannot become impure. It is pure and purifying for others. So this hadith indicates what? Look at what each hadith means, and then all together at the end we'll put it together. Here this one indicates, وَهَذَا نَفْيٌ مُطْلَقٌ مَعْنَاهُ أَنَّ الْمَاءَ الطَّهُورِ لَا يُمْكِنْ أَنْ يَتَنَجَّسَ بِشَيْءٍ This hadith, the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, it indicates that water... That water generally, absolutely, always, it is pure and purifying for others, and it cannot be altered in any way. It cannot be impurified in any way. That's what the hadith means. That's what the hadith says. The hadith says that water, it is pure, and it is purifying for others. You can use it for purification. لا ينجسه شيء Nothing can make it impure. So this hadith seems to indicate by itself that water, it is always pure. And nothing can make water impure. This particular hadith, there's a story behind it. When the Prophet ﷺ mentioned this particular narration. وَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ لَهُ سَبَبُ وَهُوَ أَنَّهُ ذُكِرَ لِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ سَلَّمُ بِئْرٌ بِالْمَدِينَةُ This hadith, the reason for it is that there was a well in Medina. You know, a well, where they put the bucket down into the earth and they pull out water from a well. There was a well in Medina. And it was known as, what was the name of the well? Who knows the name of the well? Tusamma Bi'ru Buda'ah. It was known as the Bi'r Buda'ah. Wahiya Bi'run Mahjura, la tusta'amal. And it used to be a well. That was abandoned. It was abandoned. They never used to use it. It was there. Everybody knows what a well is. A well. It's a, a hole in the ground. That goes deep into the ground. 
and you can put the buckets in there and you can get water out of it. That's a well. This particular well, it was abandoned and it never used to be used. It was abandoned. وَلَكِنْ فِيهَا مَا But there used to be water in it. وَبِسَبَبِ كَوْنِهَا مَهْجُورًا كَانَ النَّاسُ يُلْقُونَ فِيهَا الْمُخَلَّفَاتِ يُلْقُونَ فِيهَا الْقُمَامَاتِ وَحِيَاضِ النِّسَاءِ Because this well was abandoned and nobody was using it, even though there was water in it, but because it was abandoned and nobody used to use it, the people used to throw all sorts of dirt into it as well. They used to use it as like a tip. They used to throw their dirt into it. They used to throw their rubbish into it. The women even used to throw or discard uh, what was uh, left over from their uh, period what they would use to clean themselves with, that cotton, etc., that would be thrown in there. All sorts of things were thrown into this particular well. Uh, and similarly, it's mentioned, وَكَذَلِكَ يُلْقَى فِيهَا لُحُومُ الْكِلَابَ And even the meat of dead dogs used to be thrown into there. So they used to throw everything into that well. It was disused, unused. It was just left there, sitting there, abandoned, there was water in there though, but they used to just throw everything in there. And you know what a well is like? A well is big. A well isn't just something small with a bit of water in it. A well has a lot of water in it. It was a big, big well with a lot of water in it. But it wasn't being used, so they used to use it as a tip to throw all of their rubbish into it. So the Sheikh says, المهم أنها تلقى فيها القمامات النجسة وغير النجسة فأشكل على الصحابة رضي الله عنهم هل يصح الوضوء منها أو لا؟ So in this world they used to throw in things that were impure and also things that weren't impure but they were dirty. They used to throw all sorts of things in there. So it was problematic. The companions رضي الله عنهم were thinking is it allowed to make wudu from this well? This water where all this dirt is being thrown into it and these impure things are being thrown into it. Then can we still use that same water, get some of that water and make wudu with it or not? So they asked the Prophet ﷺ about this well, Bi'rubuda'a. So the Prophet ﷺ said to them, فَأَجَابَهُمْ بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ إِنَّ الْمَاءَ طَهُورٌ لَا يُنَجِّسُ شَيْءٍ So the Prophet ﷺ responded and said to them that water, it is pure. And purifying, you can use it for purification, and nothing makes it impure. So this hadith would seem to indicate by itself that water never becomes impure. However, that's that hadith by itself. Now put it into the context of the other narrations. وَلَكِنْ فِي حَدِيثَ بِأُمَامَةِ مَا يُقَيِّدُ هَذَا الْإِطْلَاقِ but in the hadith of Abu Umama al-Bahili, radiyallahu anhu, the next one that we recited, in that one there is a restriction. That one says, أَنَّ رَسُولَ سَلَمْ قَالَ إِنَّ الْمَاءَ لَا يُنَجِّسُ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا مَا غَلَبَ عَلَى رِيحِهِ وَطَعْمِهِ وَلَوْنِهِ That water, nothing can impurify it. Water, it is pure, you can use it for purification, nothing can make water impure, except... Except if something overcomes the smell or the taste or the color of the water. So if the smell changes and the taste changes and the color changes, then these are factors that must be looked into 
with regards to determining if that water can be used or not. So in this hadith of Abu Umama, where this restriction is within, and Abu Umama, that was his kunya, his name was Suday ibn Ajlan al-Bahili, nisbatan ila bahila qabila min qabail al-Arab. And that was a, uh, an association to the tribe of Bahila, one of the tribes of the Arabs. So he says that the Prophet ﷺ gave this restriction, whereby he said that yes, that water is pure, and nothing can impurify it, except if the color or the smell or the taste changes. In one narration, it has been mentioned in the narration of Ibn Majah, وَقَدْ جَاءَتْ رِوَايَةُ إِبْنُ مَاجَةِ بِالْوَاوْ إِلَّا مَا غَلَبَ عَلَى رِيحِهِ وَطَعْمِهِ وَلَوْنِهِ This narration seems to indicate that water is pure except if the smell and the taste and the color change, i.e. if all three of those characteristics change. However, وَلَكِنْ هَذِهِ الْوَاوْ بِمَعْنَى أَوْ This wow, it means or actually. It doesn't mean and. Meaning that if the color or the smell or the taste changes, one of them is sufficient. It doesn't mean that all three of those characteristics must change. If one of them changes, it is sufficient. بِدَلِيلِ رِوَايَةِ الْبَيْهَقِي لِأَنَّ فِي رِوَايَةِ الْبَيْهَقِي جَاءَتْ أَوْ if you look at the narration of Al-Bayhaqi, Al-Ma'u Tahurun illa in tagayyira rihuhu aw ta'amuhu aw launuhu. So therefore these ahadith now indicate that if the smell or the taste or the color of the water changes because of some impurity that has gone into it, then that would indicate that the water has now become impure. And that's what's going to be explained now in this section. وفي حديث أبي أمامة رواه ابن ماجة وقال في حديث أبي سعيد أخرجه ثلاثة ثلاثة what does it mean ثلاثة ثلاثة means المراد بهم أصحاب السنن ما عدا ابن ماجة النسائي الترمذي and Abu Dawood they narrated this particular hadith. But then the issue with regards to what comes in these ahadith. Al-ma'u tahurun illa an tagayyara rihuhu wa ta'amuhu launuhu. The Shaykh says, قَدْ ذَكَرْنَا آنِفًا أَنَّ فَائِدَةَ رِوَايَةَ الْبَيْهَقِي بَعْدَ رِوَايَةِ ابْنُ مَاجَةَ أَنَّ الْرِوَايَةِ ابْنُ مَاجَةَ بِالْوَوْ وَهَذِهِ بِأَوْ فَهِيَ تُخَسِّسُ رِوَايَةِ ابْنُ مَاجَةَ the narration of Bayhaqi, it explains and it specifies that the meaning is one of the three characteristics. It doesn't necessitate that all three must change. So we know that one by itself is sufficient. Also the narration of Ibn Majah does not clarify what is it that changes the smell or the color or the taste. However, Riwayatul Bayhaqi the narration of Bayhaqi explains to you that what we mean by the change or the smell, by the change of the smell or the color or the taste, what changes it? Something impure. If something impure changes it, that's what's mentioned there.
Right, so now the first three hadith, we have a general understanding of them. The first three hadith, we have a general understanding of them now. The first one said that water is pure, nothing impurifies it. The next two, the narration of Ibn Majah and the narration of Al-Bayhaqi, they explained that water is pure except, there is one exception though, when it can become impure, that's if some impurity falls into them and the color or the smell or the taste changes. Now, we have the narration of Ibn Umar which comes after that too. The narration of Ibn Umar. Abdullah ibn Umar, and he is famous, the famous companion Abdullah ibn Umar. He was known for his knowledge and for his narrations, for his fatawa and for his humbleness. And also because of his severity in following the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu He was extremely fervent, extremely passionate about following the sunnah of the Prophet and sticking to it. So he says that the Prophet said, قَالْ إِذَا بَلَغَ الْمَاءُ قُلَّتَيْنَ لَمْ يَحْمِلِ الْخَبَثِ If water gets to the level of قُلَّتَيْنَ I'm going to explain what قُلَّتَيْنَ is now. If water gets to the level of قُلَّتَيْنَ لَمْ يَحْمِلِ الْخَبَثِ Then it cannot carry any impurity within it. It does not have the, the impurity does not have the ability to remain within that. If water is قُلَّتَيْنَ which we'll explain now, then the impurity does not remain. Qullatain, it's the dual. One is qulla. Qulla is a type of, like a type of big pot or a type of barrel that they used to use. وَكَانَتْ تُسْنَعُ مِنَ الْفَخَارِ أَيْ مِنَ الطِّينَ الْمُحَرَّقِ It used to be made from clay, dried clay. وَيُوضَعُ بِهَا الْمَاءِ And water used to be put into it. If therefore, Al-Shaykh uh, Falah, Al-Shaykh Falah, he explained what the Qulla is. The Qulla Tain. One Qulla, the Shaykh said, if you imagine a full arm's length and then a third. An arm's length and a third. If you imagine a square box, the size of your arm and a third, all the way around. A box that big. So approximately maybe two of these green ones. Approximately maybe two of these green ones this way, two of the green ones that way. If you imagine a big box that big, two of those boxes, if you have two of those boxes, then that is qullatain. I believe they say it's approximately somewhere around the region of 90 liters or something along those lines. But in terms of quantity, roughly an arm's length and a third, if you have this way and that way, so maybe two of these green ones this way, roughly two of these green ones that way, and you make a big box and two of these green ones upwards as well, into a square-shaped prism, a box that big, that's one qulla. Then you have two of them, that's qullatain. So if you have that much water, qullatain, if it gets to that level of water, more than that, then it, it cannot become impure. That's what the hadith of Ibn Umar indicates, that if water reaches that qullatain, that quantity of the, about that amount, of that amount, then after that it cannot become impure. يعني إذا بلغ الماء ما يملأ جرتين كبيرتين, i.e. these qullatain, if the water is of that level, 
لم يحمل الخبث الخبث المراد به النجاسة i.e. if it gets to that level then impurity cannot remain within it أي أن النجاسة لا تؤثر فيه لكثرته meaning that when water gets to that level of قلتين when it gets to the, that level that we just explained when you get that much water then if some impurity goes into it it doesn't affect it because there's so much water there's so much water, if a little bit of impurity goes into it, it's not going to affect it. Or if uh, any type of impurity goes into it, it's not going to affect it. That's what this hadith seems to indicate. فَإِذَا بَلَغَ الْمَاءُ مِنَ الْكَثْرَةِ مَا يَمْلَأُ قُلَّتَيْنِ فَوَقَعَتْ فِيهِ نَجَاسًا وَلَمْ تُغَيِّرْهُ فَإِنَّهَا لَا تُؤَثِّرُ فِيهِ لِأَنَّهُ مَاءٌ كَثِيرٌ أَمَّا إِنْ تَغَيِّرَ بِالنَّجَاسَ this is how we put it all together now. The first hadith said water is not impurified by anything. The next two hadith explained that actually it can be impurified by changing its color, smell or taste. This fourth hadith indicates that if water reaches qullatain, if it reaches that large amount, then impurity cannot change it. All of this though, the basis of it is the hadith about those three characteristics. If the color or the smell or the taste of the water changes by some impurity that has fallen into it, then that means that water has become impure. As Shaykh Falah, he explained that if the water is less than Qullatain, Qullatain, this big box that we explained now, if it's less than that, you have a glass of water or a small bowl of water less than that Qullatain, if some impurity falls into it, then it becomes impure straight away. That's what some of the scholars have mentioned. That if the water is less than qullatain, if an impurity falls into it, it becomes impure straight away. You don't have to look at the smell, the, t- the, t- the, the color or the taste. If it's less than qullatain, i.e. it's a small amount of water. If it's a small amount of water, a small barrel, a small box, a small bowl, then if some impurity falls into it, some urine or some uh, feces, something else which is impure falls into it, then it becomes impure straight away. If it is less than qullatain. But if it is more than qullatain, if it's a big amount of water, then if some impurity falls into it, then what? What's the ruling? Then you have to look at those characteristics. You have to look at... if. If you have this large amount of water, let's imagine we have this size of this mustard full of water, a big lake. If some impurity falls into it, for example, somebody urinates in one corner of that lake. There's a big lake the size of this room, size of this mustard, a big lake, and somebody urinates in one corner of it. Now, is that lake pure or not? Can we use it to make wudu or not? What's the answer? First, let's start from the beginning. If you have a small amount of water, I have a bowl of water. It's less than qullatain. If one drop of urine falls into it, some impurity falls into it, can I use that water now or not? That's impure. Because it's less than qullatain. But now if I have a big amount of water, like a lake, and somebody urinates in the corner, can I use that water or not? Yes? Why? But somebody has urinated in it. Is it not impure? Why can I still use it? 
if you have a massive amount of water, more than qullatain, a large amount of water, and some impurity goes into it, like urine, then what you have to do is, look at the characteristics. Have a look, that lake, has the smell of the water changed? Has the color of the water changed? Has the taste of the water changed? If one of those characteristics has changed, because somebody urinated in the corner, then that means the water is impure, you can't use it now. Because somebody has put some impurity into it, and that impurity has managed to change one of the characteristics, or more than one of the characteristics. But if somebody urinates in that corner, which is the uh, large lake, then you look at the rest of the lake, and you taste the water, it tastes it, the normal, same water, it's a massive lake. You look at the color, the color looks all the same. You smell it, it smells all the same. Obviously that's what's going to happen. If it's a massive lake, and somebody urinates in one corner, it's not going to affect the lake, is it? The water is still going to be normal. If you go to another side of the lake or any part of the lake, the water will be the same. That one little bit of urine in a massive lake is not going to change anything, is it? It's not going to change the smell of the water, a little bit of urine in a massive lake. It's not going to change the color of it, or the smell of it, or the taste of it, nothing. That small bit of urine in this massive lake is not going to have any effect on the lake. Therefore, you can still use that water and it is pure. That's the meaning of this hadith. That غالباً, normally, if water is more than قلتين, normally, then impurities are not going to affect it. If you have a massive lake or a massive a pond or some big reservoir of uh, fresh water, if you put some small amount of impurity in it, it's not going to change the color or the smell or the taste. So that water is still pure to use. So does everybody understand that? If some impurity falls into water which is less than قلتين, a small amount of water, it's impure, you can't use it. doesn't matter about the characteristics. But if an impurity falls into a large amount of water, then you look at the characteristics. Has anything changed or not? If one of the characteristics has changed, then in that case you cannot use it. And if it has not changed, then you can use it. Somebody explain that to us. If it's a small amount of water and some impurity goes into it, what's the ruling? You can't use it. Small amount of water is what? Less than? Qullatain. If it's a large amount of water and impurity goes into it, what do you do? Check those three characteristics. The smell, the taste, and the color. If any of them have changed, then that means this impurity has affected the water. You can't use it now. But if none of them have changed... That means this small impurity has not been able to affect the water and you can use it. There's another point to be added to this. What if something falls into the water which is pure? Something falls into the water which is pure. For example... You have some water and then somebody comes and uh, somebody comes and spills or somebody comes and puts lots of tea bags into that water. You have a big bowl of water, a big 
barrel of water, somebody comes and puts a hundred tea bags into it. Afterwards, when you come to this big barrel of water, when you look at it, and you, uh, what's it, what color is it going to be? Like a dark brown. When you smell it, what's it going to smell like? When you taste it, what's it going to taste like? So is that water still called water, or is it called something else now? What's it called now? If somebody came and looked at that, what would they say this is? They say it's tea. So you don't call it water anymore. They say that if water is changed by something, to the extent that you can no longer call it water, it has exited from the name water. It is no longer called water. Now you can't use it to make wudu with, because it's not water anymore. It's changed. All of the characteristics have changed. It's not called water anymore. This isn't water. When you look at a barrel now, it's tea. It smells like tea. It looks like tea. It uh, tastes like tea. It's tea. It's not water anymore. So you can't use that now. They say, if it goes outside, if it goes out of the name water, it's not called water anymore, then you can't use it. Even though, is it impure? Is tea impure? It's pure. But is it pure for you to make purification from? <coughs> it's pure, but you can't make purification from it. Tahir, but not tahur. Tahir, it's pure. It's not impure if tea goes in your clothes. It's pure, you can still pray. Tea is not impure. It's tahir, but it's not tahur. It does not make other people, it cannot allow others to purify themselves from it. So tea is pure, but you can't use it for purification. You can't say, I'm going to make wudu with tea, or I'm going to make ghusl with tea. So that's not allowed. But that's different though. Remember, the water, the characteristics have changed. But it's not impure. It's not impure, but still you can't use it. Because the characteristics have changed, and it's no longer called water. Right now, there's some differences here that the scholars will mention. Hadith Abi Sa'id wa Abi Umama yadullani ala anna ma taghayyara bin najasa fahuwa najis. Sawa'an kana kathiran aw qalilan. The hadith of Abu Sa'id and Abi Umama, the first two hadith, they indicated that if some impurity falls into the water, it becomes impure. It becomes impure. If some impurity falls into the water, then it becomes impure if those characteristics change. If those characteristics change with that impurity, it becomes impure. Whatever the amount of water. The first two or three hadith, they didn't say kullatain. Any amount of water. They said whatever the amount of water, if the impurity falls into it and the characteristics change, it becomes impure. This is something which is agreed upon and no one differs about that. That if the characteristics of the water change, then you cannot use it. As for the hadith that speaks about the qullatain, يعني حديث ابن عمر فهو يدل على أن ما وقعت فيه النجاسة وكان قليلا أنه يتنجس ولو لم يتغير. The hadith of the Qullatain, 
says that if water gets to the level of qullatain, then more than that, it doesn't change by impurity. But less than that, if impurity falls into it, it becomes impure. That's what the hadith of the qullatain indicates. The hadith of the qullatain indicates that if water is less than qullatain and some impurity falls into it, then it's impure. Forget about the characteristics. It's impure. وقعت فيه النجاسة وكان قليلا أنه يتنجس ولو لم يتغير ويدل على ذلك مفهوم المخالفة وهذه هي المسألة التي اختلف فيها الفقهاء This is an issue that the scholars have differed over Now we'll have a look at the differences القول الأول هو أن ما وقعت فيه النجاسة وتغير فهو نجس سواء كان قليلا أو كثيرا وما لم يتغير بالنجاسة فإنه لا ينجز سواء كان قليلا أو كثيرا First opinion is that you look completely at the characteristics forget the قلتين more than قلتين less than قلتين you always look at the characteristics even if it is less than قلتين the first opinion is that if some impurity falls into it you don't just say it's become impure straight away you look at the characteristics even if it's a small amount of water. Look at the characteristics first. If nothing's changed, use it. That's one opinion. That's the first opinion. وَمَا لَمْ يَتَغَيِّرْ بِالنَّجَاسَ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَنْجُزْ سَوَاءً كَانَ قَلِيلًا أَوْ كَثِيرًا الْقَوْلُ الْأَوَّلُ So they said, even if it is less than قُلَّتَيْنِ If the impurity falls into it, you still have to look at the characteristics. الْقَوْلُ الثَّانِي وهو مذهب الشافعي والمشهور من مذهب أحمد. The second opinion, which is the opinion of Imam Shafi'i and the popular opinion from the مذهب of Imam Ahmed, أن الماء إذا كان دون القلتين ووقعت فيه النجاسة فإنه ينجس ولو لم يتغير. This is what we said first. That the water which is less than قلتين, if some impurity falls into it, it becomes impure straight away. Forget about the characteristics. Why? Because it's less than قلتين. If it's less than قلتين and an impurity falls into it, it is impure straight away. Forget about the characteristics. Even if it doesn't change the smell or the taste or the uh, color. So now, we have these ahadith. So what is the correct opinion and what is the incorrect opinion? Really, there are opinions that are mentioned by the scholars. Some of the scholars, they take the opinion that if the water is less than قلتين, if it's more than قلتين, then there's no problem. More than قلتين, if some impurity falls into it, straight away you look at the characteristics. That's finished. If it's more than قلتين, an impurity falls into it, look at the characteristics. Less than قلتين is where some of this different occurred. If it's less than قلتين, some scholars said, that's it. If any amount of impurity, even one dot, falls into it, less than قلتين, that's it, impure, finished. But other scholars, they said, no. If it's less than قلتين, use the same rule. Look at the characteristics still. That's the two opinions, and they are differed about. Some of the scholars say that the first one is stronger, that if it's less than قلتين, that's it, it's impure. Shaykh Falah, Hafizahullah, he mentioned this opinion when we were doing Al-Uddah recently. Shaykh Fawzan, he mentions that perhaps the other opinion is stronger. That if it is 
less than qullatayn, then you still look at the characteristics. So he mentions that one could be stronger, but this in reality is a difference of opinion. And uh, it's difficult to give the, the strongest opinion from them. There are opinions which are mentioned. Here, Ashaykh Salih al-Fawzan mentions that the characteristics is the key point. Whereas, like we said, some of the scholars, they said, no, if it's less than qullatin, that's it, it's finished. But there are some evidences that the scholars they used. Uh, they said, for example, if you have some water which is just less than qullatin, it is just less than qullatin. Imagine somebody came, imagine it's like maybe a few milliliters short of qullatin. You just need a little bit, like one cup more, one cup more and it will be qullatin. It's just less than qullatin. Imagine now, somebody with a glass of urine and poured it in. Now it's gone more than qullatin. Is that water pure or impure? So, more than qullatin, one glass of urine, it's probably not going to do anything. So they say, you, according to your opinion now, you are going to make this water pure by adding impurity to it. It's just under qullatain. Just under qullatain. If I put half a glass of urine in it, impure. Because it's still under, it needs one more glass. It needs one more glass to get to qullatain. If I put half a glass of urine in it, what have I got? I've got water which is less than qullatain still. It's still half a glass short. And urine has gone in. So therefore this water is now all impure. But if I add the other half of the glass of urine in it, now it's become qullatain. So now they're going to say it's pure. So some of the scholars said that this argument of yours is not good. But in any case, these are differences of opinion about this. What they mentioned. Um... The hadith, actually, another thing that we should mention, the hadith about the smell and the taste and the color, it's, an, it's a principle which by consensus of the scholars they have agreed on. It's a principle by consensus of the scholars they have agreed upon. That principle of uh, if the water or the, if the smell or the color or the taste changes. Here now, just a final thing to mention. وَالَّذِي رَجَّحَهُ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ بِنُ تَيْمِيَةِ وَبِنُ قَيِّمِ وَجَمَاعَ مِنَ الْمُحَقِّقِينَ هُوَ الْقَوْلُ الْأَوَّلِ What Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah took as his opinion and Ibn Qayyim and some other from amongst the scholars أَنَّ الْمَاءَ لَا يَنْجِسُ إِلَّا بِالتَّغَيُّرِ بِالنَّجَاسَةِ سَوَاءً كَانَ قَلِيلًا أَوْ كَثِيرًا Ibn Taymiyyah is still pure, even if it's less than qullatain. If some impurity falls into it, it's less than qullatain. It's still pure, unless the characteristics change. So they said, you look at the characteristics, whether it's under qullatain or more than qullatain. Whatever water you've got, if some impurity goes into it, look at the characteristics. If they've changed, it's impure. If they have not, they're not. لِأَنَّ دَلَالَةَ حَدِيثِ ابْنِ عُمَرَ دَلَالَةَ مَفْهُومٍ ودلالة حديث أبي سعيد وأبي أمامة دلالة منطوق مع إجماع أن الماء لا ينجس إلا بتغير بالنجاسة. Because the hadith of Ibn Umar 
its evidence is by the understanding. Because it says, i.e., المفهوم, if it is less than قلتين, it becomes impure. The hadith of Ibn Umar says, if water gets to قلتين, it doesn't become impure. So if it's less than قلتين, that must mean it is impure. They said that that's the understanding of the hadith. That if it's less than قلتين and impurity goes into it, that's it, impure. That's the understanding of the hadith. Whereas the hadith of Abu Sa'id and the hadith of Abu Umama, radiallahu anhuma, indicates, radiallahu anhum indicates, with the wording of the hadith itself, that water does not become impure, except if the characteristics change. That is the wording of the hadith. So they said, you stick to the clear wording of the hadith. And Shaykh Salih al-Fawzan says also, فَالْقَوْلُ الْأَوَّلُ لَا شَكَّ إِنَّهُ أَقْوَى Shaykh Salih al-Fawzan also takes his opinion, and says that the first opinion is stronger. وَالْقَوْلُ الثَّانِي فِيهِ احتياط. The second opinion is more, there's more caution in it. If somebody now, takes the opinion that if water is less than قلتين and some impurity goes into it, then I'm going to look at the characteristics to see. If they haven't changed, I'll use it. But if somebody takes the opinion that if the water is less than قلتين and an impurity goes into it, that's it, it's finished, then there's caution, there's more caution in that affair. He's going to leave that water now, he'll go to get some other water instead. It's more cautious and it's more encompassing. Whereas the first person... He's doing that and maybe he might end up using water which is impure. So there's more caution in the second opinion. However, however, the first opinion the Shaykh says is stronger and that is the opinion of Ibn Taymiyyah and the opinion of Ibn Al-Qayyim. So, if you had a cup of water, let's imagine you have a cup of water, and one drop of urine goes into it. So what do you have to do? Is the water pure or impure? Why is it pure? There's only one drop, but how, how can you tell if it's pure? What do you have to look at? The characteristics. This is what they say, that you look at the characteristics, whether it's a small amount of water or a large amount of water, look at the details, the color, the smell and the taste. If the color and the smell and the taste have changed, okay, it's impure now. That impurity has made it impure. But if they have not, then it can still be used. That's with regards to water. So now an individual will know generally what type of water he can use and what type of water he cannot use. Sometimes the smell or the taste or the color of the water might change somewhat by nature, but that doesn't uh, affect it. For example, you have a lake and there are trees around the lake. And the leaves of the trees keep falling into the lake, so the lake becomes like a green color. That does not mean that you can't use the water. You can. Natural changes like that, they don't really affect the water. Shrubs and trees and greenery it falls into the lake from the surrounding trees and it makes a green color, that doesn't change it, that doesn't affect it. Things like that don't affect the water. But something which affects the water in its color and taste and smell properly, and it makes it to such an extent that you can't even call it water anymore. That's what the scholars say. If you can't call it water anymore, it's not water, you can't use it. But a lake, if the leaves fall into it and it goes green, 
If somebody comes to it and, they, and you ask them, what is this? What are they going to say? They're still going to say, it's a lake. You're not going to say, this is uh, something else now. They're not going to say, this is uh, some other name. They're still going to call it a lake. So the water is still water. But if it goes outside of that name and you can't call it water anymore, then it's not water. Then you cannot use it. For example, petrol. Petrol is a liquid. Can you make wudu with petrol? Not that anybody would want to make wudu with petrol and nobody's advised that you do anything like that. But would you be allowed to make wudu with petrol? It's a liquid. If you look at it, it's like a, it looks like water. If you look at petrol, it looks like water almost. But the smell is different. The taste is different. Even the color is a bit different. It, it, you can't call it water. If somebody tastes petrol, are they going to say this is water? Nobody's going to say this is water. It says petrol. It's something else. They'll know straight away. So now it's not called water. It doesn't come under the name of water. So you can't use that. So this is with regards to water and the types of water you're allowed to use and what to do when impurity goes into water. If impurity goes into water, those characteristics are what you must look at. If they have changed, then okay, leave the water. If they haven't changed, you can use the water. That's those ahadith with regards to that issue. And next time from, uh, when we carry on, thinking about the similar kind of issue about rivers, about rivers and streams and those types of things. Can you make wudu from rivers and streams? And what are the rulings about the rivers and the streams? We'll mention those. And also after that, we'll mention the issue of used water. Let's imagine you have a bowl of water and somebody comes and makes wudu from that bowl of water. Is it allowed for someone else to come and make wudu from that same bowl of water now or not? That's one of the issues we'll discuss next time as well. So from there we'll carry on next time inshallah. So now you've got an extra spare week to memorize the hadith as well. We did four today or three, three or four hadith today. Uh, one last time and next week we will do at least maybe two or three next week as well. Memorize those in advance too. So you should have memorized maybe eight hadith next time when we do the lesson. Maybe eight hadith inshallah. So carry on uh, memorizing those and we'll carry on inshallah.